Today is the fourth Sunday of the blessed month of Thut, and today the gospel is about the sinful woman from Luke chapter 7. And the theme of this Coptic month is the love of God for mankind. And in this gospel we see God's immense love, we see how God accepts and He forgives sinners. And in the Coptic church we love the story of this, uh, of this sinful woman and because we pray this gospel every night in the second watch of the midnight hour. And this sinful woman has become a model of repentance. The sinful woman has become a model of repentance. And, and that's why in the, the litanies of the, the second watch we say, Give me, O Lord, many fountains of tears as you gave in the past the sinful woman. Make me worthy to wash your feet which liberated me from the path of strength and to offer you precious fragrant oil and gain through repentance a pure life so that I may hear that voice full of joy your faith has saved you. Today I'd like to share with you some thoughts on the conversion of this sinful woman and how she was able to become a forgiven woman. How she was able to become a forgiven woman. How did a woman, a sinful woman, a prostitute, a harlot become a model of repentance? How did he become, how did she become a sinful woman to a forgiven woman? And as I was meditating on this, I came across a beautiful homily by Saint Ephraim the Syrian. He has a very beautiful commentary on this gospel that I want to share with you this morning. And in his commentary, and through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Saint Ephraim, he makes this gospel like a movie script. And he, he added in a lot of details. And, and from this drama that St. Ephraim sort of lays out, I think we can identify some steps in the conversion process for this sinful woman to become forgiven woman. The first stage in the conversion process is the realization of my sin. The realization of my sin. To realize that the sin I'm committing is very serious, is very serious. It has eternal consequences. We must realize that sin is unnatural. It's unnatural. It's, it's against our nature. No matter how common it is, no matter how accepted it is in the culture to do this or to do that, sin is unnatural. We must realize that sin doesn't bring happiness. Sin doesn't bring happiness. When we sin, we actually break ourselves. It leaves us broken. Sin is a burden on our shoulders that we cannot bear. Sin is a debt that we cannot pay. If anyone sins, can you pay for your retribution for your sin? Could you pay for the retribution? And if, if I stole from you, I can pay you back. I can give you some... But we cannot pay back anything for the sins that we have done. So the first stage of the conversion process is to realize that I am a sinner. The sinful woman came to this realization that she was in fact sinful. And she left, and the sin that she had practiced left her broken. It left her sad. It left her lonely. 
And in the, the drama that St. Ephraim starts to paint, he says that the, the sinful woman said this. The sinful woman said, How does this fornication benefit me? What is the benefit of this lewdness? I have defiled the innocence, innocent ones with shame. I've corrupted the orphan. And without fear, I have robbed the merchant of merchandise. And my selfishness was not satisfied. All of this and my selfishness was not satisfied. I have been a bow in war and have slain the good and the bad. I have been as a storm on the sea. I have sunk the ships of many. When we sin, we're sinking the ships. We're a sinking ship and we're sinking others. The second stage of the conversion process, it has two parts. The first part of the conversion, the first part of stage two is to remove the things that will bring us back to the life of sin. To remove the things from our life that will bring us back to the life of sin. St. Ephraim, he says, convert the inward realization to outward action. To outward action. He says, the thing she said inwardly, then she began to act outwardly. She washed and put away from her eyes the dye that blinded those who saw it. And her tears gushed forth from the eyes over the deadly of the eye shadow. She drew off and cast her hands from the enticing bracelets of her youth. She put off and cast away from her body the tunic of fine linen of whoredom and resolved to go to attire herself in the tunic and the garment of reconciliation. She drew off and cast from her feet the sandals of lewdness. You see the theme here? The theme is that she drew and cast off. She drew and cast off. She took off her makeup. She said, this makeup that I have, I don't need it anymore. Said, the gold bracelets that I wear, I don't need these gold bracelets anymore. The, the, the garments, the clothes, the inappropriate clothes that I wear, I don't need these clothes anymore. I need to get rid of them. If we want to convert, we have to get rid of the things in our life that are bringing us back. And I think at this stage, Satan is very cunning. At this stage, Satan is very cunning. And he'll plant thoughts in your head and say, Abuna, this is so extreme. So extreme. Do I really need to get rid of this and this and this and this and this? Do I really need to get rid of it? How will you survive without Facebook? How will you survive without your Netflix? How will you survive without... How will you survive without these little things, these sinful things in your life? And then he'll say, everyone else is doing it. And, and then maybe the devil will say, actually what you need is moderation. Oh, you just need moderation. It's just, now you're just doing it too much. But if you do it in moderation, it'll be okay. It's okay, moderation. La, 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 la. <laughs> there can be no moderation with sin. There is no moderation with sin. There is no moderation with sin. Imagine someone who's like a heroin addict. Can you have moderation and be a heroin addict? What a main fash. How do you be a, I'm just taking heroin moderately. It doesn't work. Whoever sins becomes a slave of sin. So we can't be moderation. That's why the Christian has to cut off the roots of sin. That's why in the Catholic epistle today, there's many explanations of this. But one idea is that Christians have no tolerance for sin in their life. 
says, Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him. And he cannot sin. He cannot sin because he has been born of God. So the first part is to remove the sinful things from our life. The second part of part two is what I'm calling the exchange. The exchange. In part one, we remove the things from our life. We got rid of them. Now we have a clean canvas. We have an empty room. We got rid of the old couches and the old mishafi that's taking up space in our. But now we have an empty room. So what are you going to do with the room? You have to fill it with new furniture. Now once you have taken things out of your life and removed them, replace them with good things, things of virtue, things that build character. That's why St. Ephraim says that the sinful woman, she took all the bad things that she had, she took her gold, and you know what she did with it? St. Ephraim says that she went to the market and met someone who was selling perfume and said... I want to buy this perfume. Says, and this is her conversation with the, the merchant in the market. She says, take as much gold as you want and give me the precious ointment. Take that which does not endure. Take that which does not endure. You can take all the gold. You can take all my money. You can take everything. And give me that which endures. And I will go to him who endures and buy that which endures. And then the merchant was like, why are you doing all of this stuff? Why are you doing this exchange? Why? Why? You are living fine. What are you doing? She says, I met a man who bears riches in abundance. He has robbed me. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ robbed me. He has robbed me and I have robbed him. He has robbed me of my transgression and my sin. And I have robbed him of his wealth. And as to what you have said of a husband, I have won me a husband in heaven who has dominion, and his dominion stands forever, and his kingdom shall not be dissolved. The second stage is this removal and this exchange. This exchange. If the music I listen to is sinful, if the things that I watch are sinful, remove it and replace it with something better. Stage three of the conversion is to go to the Lord is to go to the Lord. And actually, we need to interrupt the Lord. Interrupt the Lord. If we look at the ministry of Jesus, we see that many, 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 many times, the people who were healed in the gospel, actually they were healed when they interrupted the Lord. The Lord was on His way, going somewhere, and these people kind of jump into the story. And they interrupt the Lord. For example, if you look at the blind man, uh, Bartimaeus, it's written that Jesus was going to Jericho, and that this blind man was sitting on the side of the road, and he kept crying out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus didn't have in his, like, it wasn't the plan to go, like he didn't wake up and say, I'm going to go heal the, the blind man today. He was on the way to Jericho and the person on the road interrupted the Lord as the Lord was on the way. And the Lord was so pleased with this interruption. So pleased with this interruption. And he healed this blind man. The question I have is, would this blind man have been healed if he didn't interrupt the Lord? Would he have been healed? 
I don't think so. When the disciples were in the boat and the storm was getting boisterous and the Lord Jesus Christ was sleeping, sleeping, when the Lord Jesus Christ was sleeping, then they came to him and interrupted him and said, wake up, wake up, come, rebuke the wind. And he got up and rebuked the wind. If they didn't interrupt the Lord, would he have rebuked the wind? They needed to go and interrupt the Lord. How about the four people who brought a paralytic friend? What did they do? The Lord is sitting there in a room. He's teaching, 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 teaching. And then all of a sudden these four people drop in the room and interrupt the situation. And they found healing for their friend. If we want healing, we have to interrupt the Lord. Actually, the gospel from last night and the gospel from this morning is about two women who interrupted the Lord. <laughs> Actually, both of them interrupted the Lord. Yesterday in the Vespers and Asheya, it was about the woman who had the flow of blood. Jesus is on his way to heal someone else. But she interrupted. She jumped in and took her turn. <laughs> interrupted. Everyone, if you want to be healed, you have to interrupt. You have to go take your turn from the Lord. And then this morning we read about the Canaanite woman. The Canaanite woman, actually we can learn a few lessons from the Canaanite woman. Is that sometimes when we go to interrupt the Lord, there will be a test of faith. A test of faith. And the Lord said to the Canaanite woman, said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So she could have said, oh, I tried to interrupt the Lord. I tried my best. I came to the Lord. I was so close. I asked Him. And the Lord refused. But then after the Lord said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of Israel. What did she say? Lord, help me. This insistence, this perseverance in her faith led to the healing of her daughter. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, Great is your faith. Great is your faith. Let it be according to you as you desire. Similarly, the sinful woman, the forgiven woman, I should say, St. Ephraim says that this sinful woman was waiting at the door of the Pharisee's house. She was waiting at the door of the Pharisee's house. And she knocked on the door. And guess who came to the door? Simon the Pharisee. And Simon the Pharisee said, What are you doing here? This place doesn't belong to you. And closed the door for a And And she was waiting at the door, according to St. Ephraim the Syrian. And then St. Ephraim the Syrian goes on to say, that Simon, she, the, the poor woman asked Simon, said, please tell the master that I'm here to see him. Well, Simon didn't care and he didn't, this is a sinful woman and this is supposed to be a, a very holy man. They don't go together. Then the Lord Jesus Christ, according to Saint Ephraim the Syrian says, come here, Simon. I ask you, does anyone stand at the door? Does anyone stand at the door? Whoever he is, open to him that he may come in. Let him receive what he needs. Here you're going to see the love of God. If he is hungry, 
and hungers for bread, behold, in your house is the table of life. If he is thirsty and thirst for water, behold, blessed, I am the blessed fountain is in your dwelling. The blessed fountain is in your dwelling. If he is sick and he asks for healing, behold, the great physician is in your home. Allow the sinners to look upon me, for I have humbled myself for their sakes. I will not ascend to heaven, to the dwelling place from where I came, until I bring back the lost sheep, the sheep who have wandered from my father's house, and to lift them on my shoulders and carry them to heaven. So, so the Lord told that to Simon, and Simon's so grumbling. Why? Okay, fine. And he goes and opens the door. And the rest of the story happens as you see. Sometimes when we interrupt the Lord, we worry about the fear of judgment. But actually the Lord, He never condemns those who are repenting. What we see from this story is actually the Lord never repents or never condemns those who are repenting that's why saint cyril in his commentary on this on this passage he says for god did not send the son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Here you see the reversal. Actually, the one who was judged, the one who is condemned, is the one who is the one who condemned. Actually, the great reversal. The sinful woman actually received forgiveness. And the Pharisee, the one who is giving judgment, actually receives condemnation and receives judgment and says. She has washed my feet. You didn't do anything. She kissed my feet. You didn't do anything. And he was the one condemned. So, like when you come to the Lord, when you come to the Lord, that you will receive judgment. The Lord did not come to judge. The Lord never came to judge. The fourth stage of conversion is joy and overwhelming and overwhelming love. When you feel that the burden has been taken off your shoulder, when the debt has been paid, you will feel overwhelming joy. When you will, you'll feel overwhelming joy. Imagine you owed a great sum of money. Uh, you have a big debt to pay. A million dollars. I hope that it's too little for you. Ten million dollars. Ten million dollars. And you can't pay it. And you're so stressed. And you come to me and you owe me $10 million. And I say, don't worry, Habibi, you're forgiven. When you leave, are you going to be sad? Are you going to be sad? Of course not. You will be the most excited person ever. You will feel joy that no one can experience. That the burden that was on your shoulder has been taken off. Anyone who comes to the Lord... Anyone who repents as this sinful woman does and feels the genuine forgiveness of their sins will live a life of joy. Will live a life of joy. Be oh, so relieved that I don't owe this big burden anymore. And you will feel 
overwhelming love to the Savior as this sinful woman did, as the forgiven woman did. Today we talked about four steps in the process, in the conversion process. The first stage was to realize that I'm a sinner. To realize that I'm a sinner. That I need the Lord. I need forgiveness. To realize that sin is too big and the weight is too great on my shoulder. Part two is, this one's the hard one. To remove the things from my life that are sinful. The things that are keep dragging me back. There's no, you can't negotiate with the devil. You don't negotiate with terrorists. You can't. It doesn't work. Remove and replace the things in your life. Three, interrupt the Lord. Have perseverance. Don't be scared of judgment. And fourth, experience the genuine joy and love of the Savior. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Amen.